Okay, so given the current issues that have happened in particular the states, but has created a worldwide protest, um, we're devoting our episodes to people of color and giving them a platform to speak out for other people of color and to the rest of, I guess, humanity. Um, Camille, do you want to introduce our first guest? Yeah, so Rugi, we studied in social work together. Um, we've hung out like with mutual friends, but um, I definitely would have liked to spend more time with you because you're someone so smart and so nice. So with that in mind, can you tell us a little bit more about how you feel today? <laughs> Well, thank you for the awesome introduction. And obviously, I would have loved to spend more time with you. And I'm sure we would have if given the circumstances right now. But um, I'm, I'm feeling okay. Um, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's heavy on a lot of people's hearts. You know, what's going on right now is affecting everybody, not just the black community, right? It's affecting everybody in the streets. It's affecting everybody emotionally, physically. Um, and so I'm, I'm feeling that pressure and I'm feeling those emotions as well. So I know it's not, you know, an isolated event and this has been happening for a long time, but um, I think this is kind of like the drop that kind of made the water spill over. And now, you know, everybody's saying enough is enough, which is overdue in 2020. Mm -hmm. it's, it's overdue. That's the only word I can use for that. Definitely. Yeah, in the States, they say it's 400 years. In Canada, it's, I'm guessing, around that same time, right? Mm -hmm. And that's if we're only taking in, you know, racism against Black communities. But mm -hmm. in Canada, we know, and even in the States, it's rooted way back, you know, with Indigenous people. So, yeah, it's, it's something that has to be addressed. And, you know, there's policies and there's a lot of stuff going around being like, um, you know, we're advocating for this and we're advocating for that. But at the end of the day, when you still have racial profiling and when you still have uh, systematic discrimination within institutions, like that's happening because your policies are not doing their job. So change your policies. You know what I mean? But, yeah. And to people that don't understand some of the words you just said, yeah, how would you explain it? <laughs> um, well, I think something that's really important something i've been trying to preach is uh microaggressions so mm -hmm. for example and i can give a very simple example um of a microaggression um let's say you're coming into the hospital and you're sick um and this is an example that actually happened uh, so that's why i'm giving it but um uh the doctor comes up to you and the first thing uh they say is i only speak french and english so any other language you'll have to get a translator Mm. who told you I didn't speak French or didn't speak English I didn't even have to utter like one word mm. you know what I mean so it's those preconceived biases and those preconceived notions that you have when you see someone's color or skin color that's what microaggressions are that's what discrimination is when you're making preconceived notions about somebody without actually speaking to them without knowing them you're doing those based off of uh, deep-rooted racism so that's what I could describe as you know discrimination systemic uh, and when we're talking about systemic right it's a system so we're talking about 
those kind of preconceived notions and biases being rooted within the system, right? You're not born with these preconceived notions. You're taught these preconceived notions. When in police academies, um, their training consists of, you know, examples where um, most of the, the people that are the aggressors or most of the people that are the criminals are Black people. Of course, when they go on the streets and they see a Black person, they're going to think that's a criminal because they've been trained to think that person is a criminal, right? So that's what systematic discrimination is. and That's what systematic oppression is. It's when you have those deep-rooted issues within the system that drive those narratives. Mm -hmm. And I think it also comes back to, like, if it was someone, like, with the situation in the U.S., if it was someone white that um, was the victim, like, it wouldn't have been the same way. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, I don't think that person would have been thrown on the ground right away, mm -hmm. right? There's, there's this way of reacting when you see a Black person and uh, Black men, for that example, if we're looking at George Floyd, right? Um, you're expecting that person without even knowing what they're going to do, without even reading their expression, you're already expecting that person to attack you. So you're coming at, at him strong, you're coming at him on the defense, on the attack, mm -hmm. without them even doing anything, because that preconceived notion that you have in your head is that they're going to attack me no matter what, right? But what tells you that they are? It's how you were, it's what you were taught, it's how you were trained. And mm -hmm. that's, what needs to, that, that's what needs to change, and that's why people are calling for the defunding of the police, right? Mm -hmm. Because the police itself, the system itself is the issue right now. It doesn't matter if uh, all four cops that were involved in George Floyd are getting uh, arrested. It doesn't matter because there's still a thousand more cops out there mm. having the same exact preconceived notions that these four cops had. So that's going to happen in two, three weeks, the same exact situation, right? So that's why it's great that these cops are getting, I mean, some kind of justice, right? That's great. But we need to make sure that it stops at George Floyd. We need to make sure that we don't have to go back on the streets again, right? That's the most important thing. And that's what I've been trying to to tell people that are sharing and, you know, communicating. It doesn't stop. Like, it's great that you're having these conversations right now, but these conversations need to continue. And when I say that, I mean, they don't need to continue online. They need to continue in person, you know? Like, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, so speaking of that, like when it comes to like changing this system, how can they implement, uh, things to avoid systemic racism, if I said it right? Yeah, um, I think it's uh, about involving communities, right? They know the best ways to fix an issue because they're in the community. So instead of making policies that like affect those communities without consulting them, consult your communities, right? Make sure that you have a voice in there that knows what they're doing instead of making uh, decisions that don't involve you and that don't concern you on other people. That's, mm -hmm. that's the only way I can see this changing, right? Yeah. And make it fair. It's not, it's not, you would think there's like this complicated like answer to it, but it's very simple. Make it fair. Mm -hmm. If it's, if you're convicting someone of a crime in a certain way, everybody should be convicted the same way. 
or certain people convicted a certain way and others another way. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of it has to do with uh, as a comfort zone thing, right? Like it's forcing people to step out of their comfort zone and it's forcing everyone to do it. Like even the people of color, any community of any minority who's trying to speak out right now is forcing them out of their comfort zone, you know? And mm-hmm. even, you know, like as like Camille and I, we're both like pro everyone, right? And us trying to speak out is like, I had a lot of hesitations about this too, because like it, it is out of my comfort zone. And like, everyone's worried about saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. And um, I guess like, basically what everyone needs to know is that like, everyone's voice deserves to be heard. And in the end, if you're trying to support everyone, then it's going to come out that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and something I was saying to one of my friends because she was she kind of felt the same way uh, you know she was like I don't I don't know what to say I don't know what to do and I'm sharing she was sharing a lot of stuff and she's like I'm sharing all these things but I want to make sure that like some of those words are coming from me because I want to speak too but I don't want to take over voices for other people right and so she reached out to me and she asked me if she could share what I had written because she felt like that was a way of raising black voices. Mm-hmm. So if you're uncertain about doing something or if you're uncertain about what you're saying, a great way to fix that is not to decide on your own, well, you know what, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Your, your feelings are valid. It's completely understandable for you to be uncertain because you don't feel those emotions every single day, right? And so what her kind of idea was, was let me reach out to somebody that I know personally who feels those emotions, who has to deal with this every single day and let her speak because that is her voice. Let, let me use my platform to let her speak so mm-hmm. that she's reaching more people than just the people that she has on her platform. And that's kind of what you guys are doing here, right? Making sure you're using your platform to let other people speak on, on that issue because in a, in a way you won't have all the right things to say because you don't go through it, right? Mm-hmm. But the only way you can make sure that you are being an ally that you are contributing to this conversation you are contributing to the movement is by letting the people that do know what they're doing that do know what is happening speak on it mm-hmm. yeah 100 um can you speak a little bit more about um some of the ways that you're trying to speak out about it and like what what platforms you're using whether it's uh instagram facebook um if there's any like community like virtual speaking that you can do or anything like um so for a long time now i think it's been five five years i've been part of this group on facebook which is uh for uh, black and indigenous black uh, uh women so uh, they share a lot of resources. It's like a group uh, on Facebook that shares a lot of resources for like jobs uh, for uh, racialized minorities or any type of resources that we could use. And so I've been involved with that group for a long time and uh, we've been actively uh, trying to help uh, the community. But um, yeah, no, most platforms that people will be using and that I've been using right now is Instagram. Um, I don't have TikTok. I know a lot of people are, are using TikTok, but I had to delete that because that was just too, I, 
you get obsessed with TikTok, you know, so I had to get that, <laughs> that out of my way. Uh, so I haven't had TikTok for a few months now, but um, yeah, I use uh, Instagram and, and Facebook mostly. Uh, um, and for now, it, it seems like it's been getting the message uh, along, you know, like the, I decided to speak on my words. Like I've shared a few, a few things around, but um, I think it's important to let people know, like, you know, like for example, the post that I posted, I, I wrote that like at night and I was just mad because I, I was looking through like Instagram and I was looking through Facebook and a lot of my so-called friends were staying silent mm. and that was getting me really upset, like really upset. And I had my, my little sister, I think, and she's like, have you seen this person didn't say anything? This person is not speaking up. Like, because these are people like, I grew up in a very close knit uh, school. So my sister knows all of the people that I grew up with. So anyways, she was reaching out and she was also upset. And so I was like, I know I, I'm seeing it. And then I was just mad and I wrote what I wrote. And I like one of the lines that I said was, if you're not going to fight for my brothers and sisters, then you're never going to fight for me. And if you're not going to fight for me, why am I going to stand by you? Mm. You know, like, and that's a fact. If you can't fight for that person, when it's my turn to be on the ground, don't fight for me. Mm. You don't have to, because clearly you don't care. I'm not just another name you can put on your hashtag. Mm. That's not the way it works. You have to speak up for everybody, not just for one person, because you know them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I found too that like for example on Instagram some people were posting like that black picture for blackout Tuesday but that's the only thing they did mm -hmm. and I have a problem with that because it's just I feel like it's just about the trend and it's not even about like the actual issue yeah what are your yeah, thoughts yeah. on that well I had so <laughs> I had a lot of conversations about that because a lot of people always reached out to me um and they were just mad they're like you know when you're like can't take the hypocrisy like this is so frustrating had a lot of people call me they're like are you seeing this right now like this is crazy and you have to imagine like this is a reality for us it's not just a simple hashtag this is not a black box you know we're like we live with this every day so to see you or to see anybody like just posting that and thinking you know what i did my part honey <laughs> if that was the minimum that we could do to make a change, trust me, that change would have been done and had a long time ago. But we're constantly fighting. So the least you can do is try. Even if you don't want to, even if it makes you uncomfortable, try. You know? I had I have a friend, like he it was getting to him. He's very anxious, but he's been involved and he's been actively trying to help and reaching out to everybody, right? It does you don't have to like post about it to make it be seen, to be like, look, I, hey, everybody, look, I did something, right? That's not how it works. Most of the work that's going to be done for this is not going to be on Instagram, and it's not going to be on Facebook, and it's not going to be on TikTok. Most of the work that's going to make a change is going to be done face-to-face -face and in person. It's going to be done behind the scenes, and that's the work that's going to be important. Mm -hmm. So I love your high stocks, and I love what you're posting, and I see it. I understand it, and it's good to, like, spread resources. Like, the ones that I appreciate the most are, like, the ones spreading resources, you know, like resources for black people and resources for everybody, you know, for mental health and all that kind of stuff. I love that because a lot of people are not aware of those resources. So for them to have those, that's great. But the other things like we get it, it's good once, but like, you know, 
what are you doing behind that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I guess there's there's that one quote from Jim Carrey where he talks about um, like if you're going to help a homeless person, imagine how you would feel being that homeless person, having someone come up to you, bring the bring you a free meal, a total stranger, and then put a camera in your face and ask you how you feel about getting a free meal from a stranger. Mm -hmm. Like leave your ego at home and like actually like do something with your actions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, um, and I, like, I guess that like just the black, black post or whatever it was, it resonated with me. I'm not super big on social media. I share things and so on and Facebook more so. Um, but like at the end of the day, like there's a lot of ego in social media and there's a lot of people that will say a lot of stuff, but they don't do anything about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's tough. It's so tough. And it's well, the, what you said is perfectly right. Like the ego of it is what, you know, and nobody's dumb. Like we see it, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I mean, Kemi, you've seen, like, we were in classes together. You've seen the type of people that we, that have had interactions with. Like, I'm not, like, obviously not going to blast anybody, but, like, certain people, and because we had conversations about racism in class, you know what I mean? Well, we don't have a choice. Because we're in social work, you know? And so um, it was very flagrant to see, like, people reactions and then it's the same people that are like posting about it online being like yeah like you know follow the movement black lives matter but your comments when we had classes together does Mm -hmm. not reflect what you're posting online you Mm -hmm. know what i mean so i see it i i don't speak up about it i just you know what like a lot of people you can spend years arguing with them they won't they won't get it through their heads yeah so just let them be, you know, justice will preserve, but just let them be. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So like, I think you can relate because you're in social work, right? Um, and sometimes it feels like, because we know so many things about like social, so, about social issues, um, that it almost feels like some people are ignorant about it. Like I, I had in my personal life some arguments with people because they thought that uh, racism was only like a personal thing, a personal issue um, and things like that. So like, how could you mm, explain it to someone so that they would understand? And one thing that is kind of hard for me is because I know a lot of people online are saying like, you shouldn't ask black people to explain to you. Like, you should do your own homework and you should do, like, your own studies. Like, there's many things online, but it's as if they don't understand if it's not someone they know. I will say this. I think it's very important to ask the people around you. Like, I, I'll answer your question, but I'll just give one example just before that. I have one of my closest friends, um, and she was thinking of getting uh, braids in her hair. Um mm. And before she did that, she came up to me and she asked me, hey, like, I've, you know, like, I've seen everything online. I know that's kind of seen as, like, cultural appropriation. I want to get your take on it. 
like, please educate me, I guess, you know, like, talk to me about it. And I sat down with her and explained to her. And it was not, like, she didn't come at me aggressively. I didn't come at her aggressively. This was, like, four years ago. Till this day, she's never gone braids in her hair because she understood. Mm. To answer your question, you can only explain or, like, advocate for racism to people that want to listen. Mm. A lot of people are closed off. Like, there, there's this guy from my high school, and, like, I can see on Facebook what he's posting, and, like, it's very aggressive. He's coming at us very aggressively. Why are there riots? Like, we don't care. Like, it's done. Like, the the, the cops arrested. Like, stop the riots. Like, you guys don't understand what this is about. You're, you're messing up the movement, blah, blah, blah. He's, and when we try to talk to him, he comes at us aggressively. Mm. People like that are closed off. No matter what, you can make the most sense possible. You can give him the best example that will exist on this planet. If they do not want to listen and if they do not want to hear it, they will not. And with people like that, don't waste your breath. Don't waste your breath. One day, if they want to, when they're ready, they will listen. Mm. But until someone's ready to listen to what you have to say, why are you going to argue with them? Mm. Right? Do you feel like maybe that comes with a lot of pressure for your community to try and explain things when some people are totally closed off and they don't want to know anything? Oh, definitely. Right. And sometimes we don't know. Like, how am I supposed to know how you're going to come at me if mm. I don't start that conversation? But, um, like, in class when we had the video playing of like people asking about black people's hair and stuff like that. Um, and then I said the comment of like, Hey, like, you know, all those little microaggressions, that's just one part of it. But like, if you want to actively be an ally, like a lot of you guys are saying, it's important. Like if you're in a friend group or if you're, 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 uh, you know, hanging out with other people that there's no black people around and you hear someone in your friend group saying the n-word for example or making racist comments towards a black person this is your time to speak up that's why being that's what being an ally is it's not speaking up when there's a black people a black person around so that you can be like hey look i'm an ally it's not what it is you know what i mean you're constantly an ally you're not just ally um in the like light of things you know in the shadows as well so it's kind of the same thing in terms of like instead of you know advocating in the front lines it's very important to make sure that you're also doing your part behind doing your research behind making sure that like the way you speak the way you know like those preconceived notions exist in everybody mm. everybody so it's very important for you to break those down you know be aware of them and then try to you know reconstruct yourself and i'm not like i i say this a lot of times you know i'm not coming at you angry i'm not coming at you mad i'm just trying to tell you because if nobody tells you if you don't have those conversations how are you going to know mm. you're not going to know so it's important sometimes it is important so what i do is i just talk with those people that are closed off and i say my piece do they listen most of the time no but even if it's one word that they hear that kind of clicks for them and they go and do research and then they figure it out on their own, that's great. And maybe they come back to me later on and they're like, hey, you talked to me, I wasn't open then, but I'm open now, let me hear what you have to say, right? right. You know, you were saying at the beginning that you feel, and some of your friends, a lot of pressure 
for being like out there. So maybe mm-hmm. we can talk a little bit about that and then close off with one yeah. more question. I'll, I'll be quick about this one, but I do think it's very important. It's just that like, I've had a lot of conversations, right? And obviously a lot of us are activists or we are actively speaking out about the issues happening right now. Um, but it's important, and I'm talking to everybody here, it's very important not to overwhelm people or put pressure on people or expect from us. You know what I mean? Let people speak, especially Black people, let them speak when they are ready because a lot of them have built up anger or a lot of them have a lot of fear and a lot of them have a lot of sadness. So it's important for people to be able to put everything they're feeling into words. And let me tell you, it's not easy, right? Because we are going through all those kind of emotions. And so I've had, you know, not just one, not just two, multiple friends uh, speaking to me just saying that like, it's a lot because we're having everybody reaching out to us and telling us, hey, uh, how do I do this? How, how do I post this? Like, is this okay? Is this well, why is this? Blah, 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 blah. It's great. I, we completely agree, reach out and do all that kind of stuff, but also be aware mm. that if you're doing it, there's maybe like 30 people doing it to that person, right? So it can be a lot sometimes. And so just make make sure that you're not just doing it to gain something like we talked about in terms of like ego and all that kind of stuff, but make sure you're doing it for the right reasons to raise voices for black communities. That's mm. the best like I could say, right? to make sure that if you're reaching out to them that they feel like what they're doing in response is actually giving them a purpose Mm. yeah uh yeah so like given everything that's going on what advice would you give to those people who are struggling and who are constantly being asked to speak or um being asked for i guess confirmation um from other people about social media and what they're posting um what advice can you give to them when it comes to, I guess, setting boundaries with people? Mm-hmm. Um, the, I mean, we were joking with my friend, we're like, we kind of need like a, a pool of like answers so that like we can mm-hmm. just send them off because this is how many messages we're getting. So, you know, we were joking today and we're like, you know what, we should like make like this generic like answer mm-hmm. that we're just sending off so that we can actually answer everybody. Um, but one, <laughs> one thing I will say is don't feel guilty. Um, it's okay. You, you can't, you can't be everywhere at once. You're one person. So do not feel guilty. And um, remember that you have a lot of people backing you up, right? So reach out if you feel that pressure. I've, I've been on the phone constantly since everything's been happening, you know? So and this is not, like I said, it's not a one, one-time thing. So even before, like other, like even when Brianna Taylor, you know what I mean? So um, just reach out to the people that you know will be there for you. And when you reach out in a state of vulnerability, people will always be there to support you um, and won't judge you. Definitely not, especially not in a time like this. So don't feel like you have to answer everybody. Don't feel like you have to be there for everybody because sometimes you can't. And it's no use if you're not uh, able to, you know, give your all into something. So don't feel pressured, right? And don't feel obligated to be everywhere at once and to answer everybody at once. 
and if need be, I'll share like my generic emails to everybody. I'll be like, hey, just <laughs> send these to, <laughs> to everybody, <laughs> you know, just to calm everybody down. No, but I think it's important for people to reach out. It's conversations. And mm-hmm. even in terms of like um, people that are, you know, wanting, wanting to be allies, like the best advice I can give anybody that I have been giving anybody that's been asking me is have actual conversations with people. Like, it takes two seconds to be like, and I mean, everybody's smart. You can know, have you had an interaction where you feel like you've wronged somebody or something you said could have been misconstrued? Like, have that and reach out to that person. It takes two seconds and be like, hey, like, I love you. I'm here to support you. If I've ever done or said anything, I want you to let me know because I want to change and I want to, I want to make sure that I'm a better person, right? Mm-hmm. And you could have said it not in a bad way, but you never know how it's interpreted. So I think having actual conversations and making sure um, you're there for people instead of just being there for a hashtag is the most important thing. Because mm-hmm. my fear is that like after the hashtag dies down, after this whole thing, are people that have been advocating hard still going to be open to making changes into their own behavior as well? Because sure, the system needs to change, the police needs to be defunded, sure. But what about your behavior? Because microaggressions and <laughs> discrimination is present and that's not just a system, but it's you as well. So you need to make sure that your behavior adjusts to what's happening right now, for sure. That was awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for agreeing to do this. Um, like you said, the best thing to do was is to talk to people. And so that's what we're trying to do here. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, that was great. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. <laughs> Very welcome. Um, and yeah. I really appreciate what you guys are doing. It's a it's a really really great thing. Really, we're trying. <laughs> it's good. That's like I I think the concept of it is like in a way genius because you're not trying to just give one voice as well. You're you're bringing in multiple voices to make sure that like a message is being like you know heard. So I love that. So that's the way to be an ally and keep doing it. Okay, so this is our second guest relating to the issue that happened in the States and that's starting a worldwide uh, protest. Um, Her name's Emanuela, and this one's gonna be in French. So it might be French and English. Uh, So hopefully we have some French listeners. Camille, why don't you introduce our next guest? Yeah. Um, so, Emmanuelle et moi, on a travaillé ensemble pendant un an, presque deux ans. Um, Environ. <laughs> en travail social. Puis là, ben, elle a quitté pour faire un long, beau voyage, um, puis travailler au Sénégal. Donc, la place est à toi. Ok, ben, moi, mon nom, c'est Emmanuela François, de m'avoir invitée dans votre podcast, émission, pour parler de la situation actuelle. Ben, je suis euh, éducatrice spécialisée, puis j'ai, j'ai une formation universitaire en études de conflit. Donc, toutes ces formations m'ont permis particulièrement de réfléchir sur la personne humaine, mais euh, dans mon cursus de... de 
de conflits. J'ai pu particulièrement étudier les conflits euh, de race, qui était très euh, important pour moi de comprendre ces enjeux-là, parce que j'ai vécu des situations, puis je ne pouvais pas nécessairement mettre la théorie là-dessus. Donc, en faisant mes travaux universitaires, j'ai pu euh, entrer dans les détails pour voir qu'est-ce que euh, la littérature disait là-dessus, qu'est-ce que la science disait là-dessus, ce qui va permettre, en fait, euh, que je comprends mieux, en fait, les causes, les luttes des, des races, des classes sociales de toutes sortes. Donc, euh, moi, je suis haïtienne. Je ne sais pas si c'est si bon, je peux partir. Donc, comme je disais, moi, je suis euh, d'origine haïtienne et ça fait neuf ans que je suis euh, au Canada. Donc, ce qui m'a permis de comprendre beaucoup de, de situations, d'enjeux de, euh, par rapport à la race. Donc, on sait que cette semaine, il y a eu beaucoup de... En fait, il y a toute une situation par rapport le, au Black Lives Matter, puis euh, par rapport euh, à la brutalité policière envers les Noirs. Donc, euh, moi, comment j'ai vécu ça? J'étais en colère, comme d'habitude. <rire> c'est finalement un sentiment qui revient parce que ce n'est pas la première fois, ni je pense pas parce que je suis euh, pessimiste à la situation, mais c'est parce que ce sont des grands changements. Donc, on apprendra encore et encore d'autres protestations. Et ça, ça va être les générations d'après, nos enfants, nos petits-enfants qui vont euh, bénéficier de toute cette tranquillité-là. Mais pour l'instant, nous, on a comme devoir, c'est de lutter encore et encore puis de, de leur laisser quelque chose d'important. Donc, oui, bien sûr, j'étais très en colère. Et ce qui m'a particulièrement... Euh, euh, dérange. C'est comme ça a été dit, c'est filmé en fait. Donc c'est devenu si, euh, si euh, comment je peux dire ça, les policiers ou euh, les personnes qui sont en train de faire l'action n'ont même plus de gêne de se laisser filmer. Et ça, c'est quelque chose qui, c'est comme d'habitude, si ce n'était pas filmé, il, il pourrait avoir, euh, je ne sais pas, un genre de, de, de crainte et tout, mais là, tu es filmé, tu sais que ça va être public, tu le fais quand même et tu vas jusqu'au bout de ton acte. Donc, ça prouve, euh, ça, ça, en fait, ça explique davantage ce que les gens vivaient sans la caméra, loin de la caméra. Par contre, il y a un autre sentiment qui a été euh, très présent en moi, c'est d'avoir été compris. Et ça, c'est parce qu'il y a d'autres jeunes, il y a toutes les communautés qui se sont euh, ajoutées à notre cause, à notre lutte, pour pouvoir apporter leur soutien. Et ça, ça a allégé la charge mentale que moi, je vivais. Euh, Ou, euh, disons, par exemple, s'il y avait cette, cette situation-là autrefois, je devrais être en train de, 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 de me justifier, de m'expliquer à tout le monde sous leurs commentaires. Tandis que là, c'est rendu beaucoup plus euh, une conscience qui a développé euh, que euh, tout le monde réalise en fait que ça n'a pas de bon sens. Donc, il n'y a aucun humain qui est capable de vivre cette situation-là puis que les gens le, 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 le regardent puis ne disent rien. Donc, moi, il y a une question que j'ai particulièrement soulevée. Est-ce que la situation du COVID a favorisé un accès au téléphone portable? Donc, tout le monde était sur leur portable que c'était parce que disons que c'était, il n'y avait pas de COVID. Donc, tout le monde serait au travail ou la majorité des gens seraient au travail. Ça aurait peut-être fait moins d'impact. Mais là, on avait comme tout, on avait leur téléphone, puis on était disponible à, à utiliser nos, nos réseaux sociaux. Et là, à voir ça, ça a créé euh, des frustrations qui ont donné ce résultat. J'avais 
penser à discuter un peu sur euh, ce que ça fait d'être euh, noir au Canada. Euh, Est-ce que, est -ce que ces situations-là se répètent ici? Parce qu'on sait que la plupart du temps, c'est toujours les États-Unis qui est qui est ciblé, mais est-ce que nous, ici, euh, c'est quelque chose qui, qui, qui se vit pour nous en tant que communauté euh, afro-descendante? Moi, je répondrais que oui. Euh, la première fois que j'ai réalisé ou que j'ai compris que j'étais inférieure aux yeux des autres par rapport à ma couleur de peau, tranquillement, j'essayais de comprendre tout ça, je faisais ce que j'avais à faire pour réaliser que ça n'avait pas de sens. Je ne parlais pas, je ne disais pas grand-chose, mais au fil du temps, j'ai appris à à dire non, j'ai appris à protester, à dire mais non, pourquoi c'est moi qui dois faire ci? Euh, la dernière fois que ça m'est arrivé, c'était euh, au mois d'avril passé. <rire> c'est pas parce que euh, j'ai grandi au Canada, que j'ai fait des études, que la situation ne, ne pouvait pas se répéter. Au contraire, elle s'est répétée encore dans un autre milieu de travail que où j'ai été. Et là, j'ai pu dire quelque chose. Et là, j'ai pu dire, ben ça ne fait pas de sens. Parce que j'ai été à l'école, j'ai étudié dans vos universités, je sais ce que c'est et je peux me défendre ou encore parler pour les autres. La situation est que euh, j'ai été embauchée à titre éducatrice spécialisée dans une résidence pour personnes âgées et la majorité des femmes noires qui travaillaient étaient des préposées. Et là, automatiquement, je m'étais fait passer pour une préposée et on me disait d'aller nettoyer Madame dans telle chambre nécessairement me dire c'est quoi votre rôle, est-ce que vous êtes nouvelle, euh, c'est quoi vos tâches. Et ça, je l'ai très mal pris parce que c'est une association qui est faite à la tâche par rapport à ma couleur de peau. Donc, j'ai réagi évidemment par rapport à ça. Mais il y a une autre situation aussi que les, les, les employés devaient se faire fouiller leurs valises. Mais je me suis expliquée, j'ai dit si je dois travailler dans un milieu où j'ai signé un contrat de confidentialité, où j'ai les clés du milieu, où je passe huit heures avec les, les patients, les résidents, je comprends très mal qu'on doit me fouiller après un quart. Donc, j'ai dit non, moi, je ne me fais pas fouiller. Il y en a d'autres qui l'ont fait, mais moi, je ne l'ai pas fait et j'ai remis ma démission le jour d'après et vérifié si euh, tout était correct, quelles étaient mes frustrations. Et j'ai dit que voilà quel milieu de travail que j'ai trouvé et ça ne me plaisait pas de rester. Euh, Au Canada, oui, il y a du racisme euh, structurel, euh, systémique en fait. En fait, le racisme systémique, c'est lorsqu'une personne de minorité visible a beaucoup de difficultés aux accès à, à l'emploi, mm. euh, aux accès au logement et d'être plus facile d'être arrêté par la police, soit en conduisant ou à pied pour une vérification quelconque. Euh, moi, ce n'est que dernièrement, j'ai appris par mon, mon conducteur qu'on ne peut pas se faire fouiller et se faire demander notre pièce d'identité au Canada, c'est illégal. Et de dire non. Et ça, ça m'a tellement fait rire parce que je sais le nombre de mes amis nouveaux arrivants qui se sont fait demander euh, « montre-moi ton papier euh, ».« euh, Oui, tu ne pouvais pas marcher sur le trottoir comme ça », des choses comme ça. Et une fois que je l'ai su, j'ai dit « Ah, c'est une façon très bien de, de connaître la loi et de, de, me, de me défendre ». Des fois, j'ai été euh, victime du racisme. C'était le plus, la plupart du temps au Québec. Ce n'est pas sans raison que j'ai choisi d'étudier en Ontario parce que mes dossiers académiques n'ont jamais pu être aboutis pour une demande d'admission. Et j'ai souvent senti que je n'avais pas ma place dans ces, dans ces institutions académiques, bien sûr. J'ai tenté mille et une fois de faire ma demande d'éducation spécialisée dans les sujets au Québec et ça n'a pas abouti. 
jusqu'au jour où j'ai décidé de l'envoyer euh, à la cité collégiale. J'ai travaillé, en fait, j'ai payé presque le double pour étudier, mais j'ai étudié avec respect. Et ça, c'est important pour moi d'être bien dans un, dans un établissement d'apprentissage. Donc, euh, oui, la société québécoise ou euh, la province québécoise a beaucoup, beaucoup de travail à faire, tant par ses jeunes que euh, par ses dirigeants. Et je pense que la majeure partie va venir de leurs dirigeants parce que structurellement, l'intention derrière, euh, derrière euh, le système est, est un peu croche. On va se le dire, ils ont des choses à réparer dans leur système si vraiment ils tiennent à ce que tout le monde ait une place. Moi, je dis soit ils acceptent que les immigrants ont leur place ou quand ils rentrent, ils ont leur place ou qu'ils ne les acceptent du tout pas. Comme ça, on sait que ben, on ne vient pas, on vient pas pour se, pour se faire euh, accepter n'importe comment. Mmh. Euh, toujours dans l'idée de dire que, ben oui, le, le go, François Legault sait que. Euh, il y a du racisme systémique. Les mois passés, ou les, 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 oui, les mois passés, on peut regarder ces anciens, anciennes publications sur l'immigration et ça, ça va donner c'est quoi sa position vraiment par rapport à comment il perçoit les communautés immigrantes dans, dans, dans sa province. En tout cas, pour revenir à la situation actuelle, comme je le disais, j'ai senti que c'était beaucoup plus... C'était beaucoup plus facile de se faire comprendre qu'on avait des alliés. Les alliés, euh, les, les, les jeunes de notre génération qui sont à l'université, qui comprennent ce que c'est que la race puis qui voient cette situation et sont, sont capables de prendre position et de dire « Non, ça ne fait pas de sens, puis je vais me mettre du côté de la justice. » Je pense que c'est quelque chose que la communauté noire a toujours attendu, que les gens qui vont à l'école, parce que oui, on a la théorie, mais à un moment donné, il faut prendre position pour ce qui est bien, pour ce qui est juste. Et c'est là que euh, être allié, se former, de dire, bon, ça, je ne comprends pas, ça, je prends, puis ça, je vais, je vais questionner. Ça fait, ça fait un poids de moins. Ça. On peut compter sur vous, en fait. Donc, ça, ça prouve que s'il y a un potentiel changement, on ne peut pas prendre toute la tout euh, le crédit pour dire on a, on a, on a fait ce parcours seul. On avait des alliés, on avait des gens et la majorité des gens qui étaient avec nous, c'était euh, la population blanche qui nous a donné... Euh, oui, nous nous sommes soudés entre nous, mais nous avions votre euh, soutien pour avancer dans la cause. Euh, je voulais souligner aussi l'idée euh, que moi, je me suis défendue au, au travail. Donc, quand je me suis défendue, bien, c'est sûr que je fais sortir mes griffes à chaque fois que je suis en face d'une situation de discrimination. C'est un peu dans ma personnalité de me défendre comme ça. Et j'ai des amis qui me disent, mais toi, tu es tout le temps en colère et frustrée. Tu vas être vue comme la femme, la femme noire frustrée. J'ai dit, c'est mm. pas grave. J'ai dit, tant et aussi longtemps que quelqu'un me dérespectera, je serai toujours la femme frustrée et je suis fière de porter ce titre. Parce que c'est comme un stéréotype qui vient dans un concept où tu dois te défendre, tu dois t'affirmer. Donc, étant donné que tu déranges en t'affirmant, on trouve une stéréotype appropriée pour te faire fermer ta bouche. Et moi, c'est pas grave. Donnez-moi autant de titres. J'en ai déjà eu, mais je dois faire passer un message. Je dois me faire comprendre et c'est important que je le fasse. C'est peut-être quelque chose qui va, qui va susciter, en fait, euh, la réaction des gens. Parce que la femme super-romaine, 
dans les familles, c'est une femme souvent monoparentale qui doit tout faire pour éduquer ses enfants, qui doit aussi aller au travail, qui doit soit être scolarisée, qui doit se battre pour avoir un salaire décent ou lutter toute sa vie. Donc, c'est cette même femme-là qui devient frustrée plus tard. Parce qu'il faut comprendre aussi que la femme noire est en bas de l'échelle. Il y a l'homme blanc, la femme blanche, l'homme noir, puis il y a la femme noire. Puis, moins est-ce que tu as des, des possibilités de t'en sortir, comme étant si tu n'es pas scolarisé, si tu as des, euh, des difficultés, euh, une mobilité réduite, en fait, tu es encore en dessous des femmes noires. Donc, tu as encore moins d'opportunités de t'en sortir dans une journée ou dans la vie, tu as, as beaucoup moins d'accès à des choses, disons. Mais c'est être capable de dire, là, je n'en peux plus, ce n'est plus mon combat, je vais prendre une pause et je vais la prendre pour moi. C'est aussi quelque chose qu'on n'a pas appris aux femmes super humaines de faire, de prendre du temps pour elles-mêmes, parce qu'elles prennent le soin de tout le monde, sauf elles-mêmes. Et ces gens-là, quand ils font des chutes, ils tombent vraiment, vraiment bas et frappent fort. Donc, le self-care rentre là-dedans. Donc, oui, euh, il y a toutes sortes d'inégalités, des justices, mais il reste que euh, votre participation ou euh, votre implication dans tout ça rend la situation beaucoup plus... Euh, on peut, en fait, on peut avancer plus rapidement sur d'autres enjeux. Donc, au lieu de, de se focaliser sur le fait de nous justifier sous des commentaires, là, on peut penser à d'autres idées. Bien, on, va, on va donner du pouvoir au commerce noir, donc on va, on va renforcer notre économie la communauté soit, ne soit pas dépendante de toutes les multinationaux, ben on, va, on, va, on va passer à travers ça. Et ça, si on n'aurait pas eu l'idée de dire, bon, prochaine étape. En gros, c'est comme tout ce que moi, je pense que je pourrais dire. Je pense que j'ai beaucoup parlé. Donc, Emmanuela, est-ce que tu aurais quelques conseils à donner à um, des personnes de la communauté noire qui, justement, uh, se sentent vraiment surchargé par ce qui se passe en ce moment? Mais d'abord, moi, je dirais, c'est de, de savoir à quel niveau on peut, on peut être vraiment... On, on peut participer. Parce que que la situation, elle est là. Même si on s'acharne, on est en colère, on est frustré, notre colère va nous faire plus de mal que de changer la situation. Si ça peut nous amener euh, sur la rue, moi, je crois beaucoup euh, au mouvement euh, concret. Donc, si on peut mobiliser des gens pour dire, bien, on va tester encore et encore et encore, oui, c'est une bonne façon d'utiliser son énergie ou toute cette rage-là d'une bonne façon et de se faire entendre, parce que ça, c'est très important. Toutefois, si notre colère, on est juste dans notre chambre, on ne sort pas, puis on est en train de, de la nourrir. Moi, je pense que c'est malsain et c'est là qu'il faut prendre soin de soi. Euh, D'abord, c'est regarder quelles sont les actions que tu peux vraiment prendre en charge. Donc, il y a des choses que tu vas beau le voir, tu vas beau chercher, mais tu ne pourras jamais faire quelque chose pour, pour avancer la cause. Tu vois ce que je veux dire à travers ces parties. Comme par exemple, moi dernièrement, j'étais juste sur mon lit, je regardais plein de posts sur Instagram comme d'habitude. Mais là, je suis tombée sur euh, un particulièrement qui disait d'aller euh, signer des pétitions. Et j'ai dit, ben non, ça me manquait de faire un petit peu d'action. J'ai pris mon ordi et j'ai signé toutes les pétitions. Euh, euh, C'est ça qu'on dit? Pétition? Oui. <rire> toutes, toutes les pétitions qui allaient euh, 
dans le, pour la cause, en fait. Oui, il y a d'autres causes qui m'interpellaient que je pouvais signer. Oui, j'ai signé, tu vois ce que je veux dire. Toutefois, après, je me suis sentie que je n'ai pas juste été en train de poster des choses toute la journée. Donc, j'ai fait des actions qui peuvent amener la cause quelque part d'autre. Et ça, c'était très important. J'ai trouvé aussi quelqu'un d'autre, quelqu'un qui avait mis, euh, envoyé un courriel, je ne sais pas à quel état aux États-Unis, puis d'écrire son nom. Alors, je l'ai fait, puis je ne sais pas si c'est parti, mais j'ai senti que j'ai aussi participé à travers mon téléphone pour faire quelque chose d'autre. Parce que la technologie reste un outil important pour la cause de notre génération. Donc, oui, ça ne suffit pas, mais ça peut être très utile. D'autres choses qu'on peut faire, c'est... Moi, je trouve que si on est trop dépassé, il faut juste savoir se respecter. Je peux faire et qu'est-ce que je ne peux pas faire, qu'est-ce que je ne dois pas faire. Parce que quand on se pose cette question-là, on prend du temps pour soi, je pense qu'on est mieux la cause que si on, on est d'être trop dépassé par, par les événements. Et il y a une application, une application que j'ai téléchargée, je pourrais le donner en ressources après, et c'est pour faire la méditation. Donc là-dedans, moi, je, je me suis inscrite, donc ça m'a permis de... C'est comme c'est fait pour pour la communauté. C'est fait, si tu es dépassé par la situation, il y a même une option euh, de dire ta, ta, ton ethnie, puis euh, de faire de la méditation, de la relaxation par rapport à telle situation. Je pense que c'est très important comme ressource et on peut les utiliser pour se, se recentrer. Parce qu'après avoir pris du temps pour soi, on devient mieux. Ça, c'est des propositions que je pourrais faire. Puis ensuite, faire des recherches, de lire. Merci beaucoup d'avoir accepté. Merci beaucoup. Alors, bonsoir tout le monde. Je remercie Camille de m'avoir choisi pour participer à son podcast. Ça me fait plaisir de répondre à votre invitation. Alors, mon nom, c'est Emmanuela Robert-François. Et... J'ai un diplôme en études de conflit. J'ai une formation aussi en éducation spécialisée. J'adore travailler avec les gens. C'est ce qui me nourrit. Et euh, je vais partager, euh, en fait, euh, comme, comme Camille me l'avait demandé, de, de partager ce que je ressens, en fait, par rapport à toute la situation euh, qui se passe dans le monde, je peux dire, par rapport aux Noirs qui sont en train de pro protester, de euh, demander une qualité de vie appropriée qui est vivable dans le respect. Alors, euh, dans ce contexte, je veux particulièrement dire que moi aussi, oui, je suis, euh, je suis frustrée, je suis fâchée encore de... <rire> De, de, de voir que nos vies sont, ne veulent rien dire, en fait. Et euh, à, à, à être une, une personne de couleur noire, je sais ce que c'est d'avoir peu de possibilités d'avancer euh, dans, dans les sociétés que nous vivons. C'est ça, donc, le sentiment que je ressens, comme d'habitude, c'est de l'angoisse, c'est de la frustration, c'est de la colère de, se dire, de me dire jusqu'à ça va finir ou va-t-il y avoir une fin, comment, comment on devrait nous battre, en fait, pour pouvoir arriver à, à survivre ou à nous protéger 
Donc, ce sont toutes les, les interrogations qui reviennent régulièrement. Euh, toutefois, c'était beaucoup plus, euh, euh, je ne peux pas dire facile, mais c'est juste réconfortant, en fait, de, de ne pas se sentir toute seule dans une situation euh, où d'habitude, on est seul, on est en train de nous justifier, de nous expliquer à notre entourage. Tandis que là, c'est beaucoup plus euh, facile de, de se faire comprendre, je peux le dire. Il euh, y a beaucoup de jeunes de toutes les communautés qui prennent position pour la vie des Noirs. Et ça, c'est quelque chose que, en tout cas moi, personnellement, je n'avais pas vraiment vu dans les dernières années. Et ça, ça, ça enlève en fait une charge, une, une charge de nous expliquer sur les réseaux sociaux, de nous justifier à des jeunes de notre génération. Donc, je trouve que ça, ça, ça donne une possibilité d'avancer sur d'autres aspects beaucoup plus pertinents par rapport à la lutte. Donc, on sait qu'on est au Canada. Donc, est-ce que ces situations-là euh, sont fréquentes au Canada? Sont fréquentes au Canada? Je peux dire oui. Parce que euh, j'ai vécu pour la première fois du racisme en tant que tel dans une société blanche. C'est quand je venais d'arriver, j'avais 19 ans et je travaillais dans un milieu où euh, je, je voyais que toutes les tâches qui n'étaient pas, euh, que tout le monde ne voulait pas faire, m'étaient attribuées indirectement. Et là, je commençais à comprendre en fait ce que ça, cela voulait dire être une femme noire dans une société où tout le monde, où la majorité des gens est, est blanc. Donc, ce que je vais, donc, à travers cette situation, ces situations-là, je vais particulièrement parler de privilèges blancs, racisme, systé racisme systémique. Donc, quand je dis racisme systémique, je veux parler des de milieux où euh, les Noirs ont beaucoup moins d'opportunités à s'en sortir. Comme par exemple, trouver un emploi, c'est pas quelque chose qui est facile pour un Noir. Tu dois mettre beaucoup d'atouts dans ton CV euh, pour pouvoir te démarquer. Déjà, ton nom euh, n'aide pas, pas la situation, mais à, une fois que tu es vraiment appelé pour cet emploi, donc tu dois faire tes preuves fois mille afin de pouvoir être accepté. Donc ça, c'est quelque chose que euh, les personnes blanches n'ont pas à faire dans cette société-là. Trouver un, un logement, c'est quelque chose de très difficile. Des fois, le, le propriétaire va trouver une raison très... Euh, In, très inapproprié ou par rapport pour, pour te refuser euh, le logement. Et là, tu dois encore et encore et, en, et encore chercher un milieu, un lieu pour te, pour te, pour te reposer. Donc, c'est comme des besoins de base. On n'est pas capable d'avoir accès à ces, à ces, à ces, à ces, à ces comment je peux dire, aux ressources-là parce que particulièrement, on est noir et ça nous empêche ça, ça nous enlève des, 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 comment je peux dire ça? Ça nous enlève des opportunités. Donc, j'ai dit le travail, j'ai dit l'emploi et il y a aussi l'aspect aussi, euh, euh, ouais, c'est ça. Donc, le travail, donc il y a des, des charges particulières que tu vas avoir à faire parce que tu es noir, etc. Donc, ça, c'est des, des situations qui relèvent, en fait, du racisme systémique parce qu'en tant que tel, euh, la société est bâtie pour que euh, les gens de la communauté noire soient en dessous ou soient, 
moins favorisés par rapport aux autres. Et je pense que tant et aussi longtemps, on n'aura pas à changer, on n'aura on, on aura pas changé euh, la, la structure de la société. Donc, les Noirs seront encore en train de, 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 de se battre ou réclamer des, des choses de base pour, pour vivre adéquatement. Donc, quand je parle de privilèges blancs, je peux souligner l'idée que un blanc par rapport, une jeune femme blanche de mon âge n'aura pas à faire les mêmes démarches que moi je fais pour avoir un poste. Donc, moi, je mon nom de famille, c'est François, donc ça sonne pas vraiment trembler. Quand on le voit dans un CV, ça fait une différence, ou même dans une demande d'admission. Donc, j'ai encore moins d'opportunités de réussir qu'une femme blanche dans la société. Et ce n'est pas parce qu'elle, elle a choisi de le faire, c'est parce que la société ne prend pas en compte que toutes les femmes de 27 ans ont, devraient avoir les mêmes opportunités euh, à compétences égales. Donc, c'est le privilège blanc, en fait, qui, qui fait que la personne est née, puis elle a toujours été euh, privilégiée de... de, de, de de certaines choses dans la société. Maintenant, ce qu'il faut faire avec ces privilèges-là, c'est de savoir euh, quoi faire avec. Est-ce que je fais comme si je ne comprends pas, et puis je m'en fous, puis euh, je continue à vivre ma vie tranquillement, je fais mon pique-nique. Est-ce que ou je vais utiliser ces privilèges-là pour épauler d'autres? Parce que la société est inégale, ça ne veut pas nécessaire, nécessairement dire que je ne comprends pas euh, le concept de la société, je ne comprends, euh, comprends pas le bien et le mal, en fait. Donc, je prends position pour le bien, pour la justice, pour ce qui fait du sens ou pour la protection des droits de la personne en, en tant que telle. Donc, si de manière si structurelle, la société ne met pas en place d'opportunités pour mieux... Euh, accompagner les personnes noires. Donc, en tant que personne ou individu qui jouit de ces privilèges de blanc, il devrait être en mesure de dire « Je vais me battre à tes côtés. Je comprends que tu as besoin des droits, que tu as des droits et que, qui ne sont pas respectés. Donc, ensemble, on va s'en sortir, puis je vais t'épauler. » C'est comme utiliser, comme Gariana, euh, euh, la comédienne, a dit, euh, c'est utiliser ces pouvoirs, ces privilèges-là comme un genre de super pouvoir pour pouvoir euh, apporter un changement, continuer un changement important, en fait, dans la société. Donc, c'est cette expérience-là que, que je voulais faire, euh, en fait, c'est ces points-là que je voulais faire souligner. Mais ensuite, il y a aussi, euh, récemment, j'ai vécu encore du racisme ou de la discrimination basée sur la couleur de ma peau dans un milieu de travail encore. Et ça, ça a été particulièrement... Euh, plus, euh, en fait, j'ai dû, dû de façon plus directe euh, m'imposer ou m'affirmer pour dire à l'employeur, ben non, ça n'a pas de sens comment vous me, vous me traitez et moi, je ne veux pas rester dans ce milieu parce que ce n'est pas, euh, pas normal que je me fasse traiter de la, de la sorte. Et vraiment, j'ai quitté, j'ai quitté, mais j'ai dit ce que j'avais à dire. Donc, une femme noire qui s'affirme, de façon très radicale, de façon très directe, est une femme frustrée. Elle est vue comme une femme frustrée, fâchée, tout le temps, en train de sortir ses griffes. Donc, moi, c'est un titre que je porte fièrement parce que je me dis, dans n'importe quelle situation, si on essaie de brimer mes doigts, bien sûr que je vais sortir mes griffes, ça va de soi, puis je suis très fière de, de porter ce titre. Mais je veux dire, c'est une stéréotype qui essaie de, 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 de bannir, en fait, le, 
ce que la femme noire essaie de faire comme euh, affirmation. Parce que dans, les, dans la société, les femmes noires sont en bas de l'échelle. Donc, on peut comprendre que quand, quand tu es en dessous, puis tu essaies de prendre ta place, donc tu es vu pour, pour une petite effrontée. Et je pense que le concept de, de, de la femme noire frustrée euh, ou le stéréo, ce stéréotype-là vient euh, particulièrement euh, en fait, déranger l'ambiance ou l'idée derrière que, que les femmes s'affirment. Donc, moi, je pense que c'est quelque chose de très, très pertinent ou important ou nécessaire que les femmes noires s'affirment parce que quand on ne te donne pas d'opportunité de parler, tu parles, puis tu, fais, tu, tu te fais écouter, tu te fais entendre. Euh, puis aussi à l'idée du superwoman que je, que, je, que je tenais aussi à souligner, d'enjeu de, sur son chemin. Par contre, c'est une attitude qui est valorisée. À un certain point, oui, ça peut être bien, mais d'autre part, il faut considérer aussi que la femme dite euh, euh, superwoman peut être une femme très fatiguée et épuisée, qui a besoin de pause, qui a besoin d'accompagnement, qui a besoin d'être écoutée, qui a besoin de thérapie. Donc oui, tu sais, comme on est forte, puis on s'en sort bien, mais on n'est pas toujours à l'intérieur, on vit des choses, puis on aimerait en discuter, on aimerait être écoutée. Donc c'est là que ces femmes-là, du jour au lendemain, elles sont dans la dépression, puis elles, font, elles vivent des situations traumatisantes, puis, elles n'arrivent pas à en parler nécessairement. Et ça, je trouve que euh, une femme super roumaine qui est en train de faire un breakdown peut euh, projeter, en fait, cette, sa frustration par rapport à la société, par rapport à tout ce poids-là qu'elle qu porte sur son dos, puis qu'elle doit être fière, puis qui est valorisée, alors qu'elle ne voudrait pas nécessairement porter euh, tout, tout ces, toutes ces responsabilités-là. Donc, euh, vraiment, moi, je trouve que euh, on, a, on a beaucoup de chemin encore à faire. Je sais qu'on euh, a, on a, on a une très grande mobilisation et si ça prend tout, tout ce groupe-là pour euh, amener vers vers le changement qu'il faudra. Je crois que mes enfants, mes petits-enfants auront... Ils vont continuer à se battre parce que le changement n'est pas pour euh, totalement bientôt. C est, c est, c est... Et ça, ça prend de refaire la société, de, de repenser la société, la structure, de la, la structure politique de la société qui doit être repensée et inclure tout le, toutes les communautés de façon égale. Donc ça, c'est quelque chose que je ne pense pas. Les autorités sont prêtes à, à faire. Toutefois, notre position continue à être maintenue. Et si les jeunes de notre génération, blanc, noir, autochtone, tout le monde se met ensemble pour défendre la bonne qualité de vie, je crois que nos enfants auront un meilleur lendemain. Même s'ils auront encore à continuer la lutte, mais disons que nous, nous, nous aurons pris la bataille et la portée à quelque part pour qu'eux, ils puissent continuer. Est-ce que si euh, la vie en 2020 était normale, on allait au, au travail tranquillement ou à l'école, est-ce que ça aurait fait cette différence-là? Donc ça, ce sont des questionnements que j'ai euh, eus personnellement. Ensuite, il y a d'autres questionnements que j'ai eus, c'est par rapport à 
est-ce que c'est pas... En fait, l'idée de sortir en groupe, on sait que les gens ont été en confinement pendant un bon deux mois. Maintenant, est-ce que c'était pas une, une situation, un contexte pour sortir puis de se retrouver en foule, en groupe? Est-ce que c'était pas une ambiance sociale qui manquait à la population canadienne ou américaine ou française dans, dans les pays, les grands pays? Est-ce que c'est pas une ambiance de foule qui manquait... Euh, aux populations qui fait qu'ils ont, qu ont sorti marcher avec nous. Ça se peut que les, les intentions étaient bonnes, mais moi j'ai posé ces, ces questionnements-là m'ont tourné à la tête et je les pose. Toutefois, il est important de dire que euh, la participation de tous a permis que nos voix ou euh, qu'on se fasse mieux écouter par, euh, vers les instances qui, euh, nécessaires. Donc, cette grande mobilisation-là de tous, euh, je pense que c'est vraiment quelque chose d'admirable à voir comment les jeunes blancs défendent les jeunes noirs, puis sont solidaires, s'indignent devant ce qui se passe, puis de voir que la vie de tout le monde compte, la vie des noirs compte. Et ça, c'est quelque chose que, que je n'oublierai jamais, en fait. Euh, moi, personnellement, pour pouvoir faire face à cette situation très stressante, parce que monter sur les réseaux sociaux, c'est très stressant. Donc, pour pouvoir faire face à cette situation, qu'est-ce que je fais? Donc, particulièrement, je fais des actions. Donc, c'est-à-dire, si je trouve qu'il y a des pétitions à signer, je les signe. Euh, N'importe quelle action que moi, personnellement, en mon pouvoir... Je peux participer, donc je le fais. Et euh, c'est une façon pour moi de, de regarder la situation et de, et de me dire, il y a des choses que tu peux prendre, il y a des choses que tu ne peux pas prendre. Et ça, tu dois te respecter là-dedans. Euh, autant qu'il y avait la, la manif à Montréal. J'étais à Montréal à, à, à cette période-là. Donc, je suis sortie manifester ma colère de façon très concrète pour dire, c'était pas juste une question de position sur les réseaux sociaux, mais c'était de dire, j'ai une voix, puis je vais, je vais me faire écouter. Donc ça, c'est ce qu'il faut faire. Donc prendre position, faire des, des petites actions significatives pour soi, mais, mais savoir connaître ses limites. Euh, il y a aussi euh, d'autres ressources que moi, j'utilise. Je, je, avant que je les partage, d'abord, il faut, il faut prendre du temps pour, pour sortir. Des fois, il faut se déconnecter. Tant du, des réseaux sociaux, mais dans sa tête aussi. Donc, euh, se déconnecter, sortir des réseaux sociaux, prendre une marche, écouter de la musique, écouter d'autres contenus, euh, dormir, parce que euh, j'en je, connais beaucoup qui ne dorment pas. Donc, dormir. Mais aussi se, se, se déconnecter de ses pensées. C'est comme une plateforme pour méditer. Donc, c'est fait exactement pour le contexte de Black Lives Matter. Je ne sais pas si c'était là avant, mais ça s'appelle Liberate. Puis, il euh, euh, y a toutes sortes de méditations de cinq minutes, puis en lien à, à, à la situation raciale qui est en train de se passer. Il y a des personnes euh, compétentes, des, des, des docteurs, euh, des psychologues qui font la méditation et qui permettent qu'on se détache, en fait, de nos... Hello, Jamil! Hello! So, Jamil is, has been my best friend for three years. And um, 
we were together yesterday at the uh, Black Lives Matter protest. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? How did it go and what did you see? How did, did it make you feel? Well, it was pretty interesting because first, before going there, I was like, okay, I don't know how it's going to go because many protests in the world, there is few stuff happening. We see the one in Montreal went well till the end, start, people mm -hmm. start fighting for no reason. And I was like, okay, hopefully Ottawa won't be like that because that's not my goal. And before going also, I was seeing some stuff on Instagram that, oh, uh, police are going to be arresting people, uh, this, that. I was like, you know what? And a few of my friends was, was like, oh, don't go, don't go. I was like, I'm going to go no matter what. So don't even say don't go. And um, yeah, and uh, we went there and uh, me, you and uh, other few friends. was pretty interesting. People showed up. Was uh, Actually, I didn't realize there was a lot of many people until this morning. You know, watch the video on the news. I was like, oh my goodness. Was a lot of people. Like legit was insane. And uh, I'm going to say like, was very powerful to see everyone shows up, especially also seeing white people shows up of that. So that was, uh, that was pretty interesting. And um, yeah. So given like the like current or past events that happened in the States, a lot of our speakers and guests have talked about systematic racism. Um, have you ever had experiences with that? Do you believe that it's very prevalent even in Canada? Yes, it is. So I think every place in the world, they have their way of expressing their racism stuff. Because in Canada, we don't see, like in the state, we don't see people uh, getting killed for no reason. But in Canada, it's like other way, which is going to be when you go for a job, for example. Sometimes in a certain jobs, they will hire a white person instead of a black person. But they have the same experience but the black person will get rejected. And that I'm speaking by experience, right? You see that, or for looks, sometimes you enter in a store for no reason, you just get this dirty look like because you're black. And I think that's a huge problem because we shouldn't be look like that. We're all human at the end of the day. If I go to the store, that's the same thing as you go to the store or another person go to the store. Someone can just see you like, oh, you're black. Well, you're a gangster. Yeah, I'm gonna call the cops on you, come on, no. No, that's, that's stupid. And that's how racism it is in Canada. And I live in so many places. I live in New Brunswick, Toronto, and Ottawa. And trust me, both of those places, there is racism. There is. And you said when, you, when you're black, it is what it is. But uh-uh, I can't anymore because it's just too much. And I play soccer. In certain games, you hear even parents of other kids insulting mm -hmm. your race because you're black. You hear that back and forth recently my recent one was my little sister basketball game mm. that i freaking almost fight with this whatever but once you put the race with it uh -uh, that that doesn't work um we were talking yesterday about the fact that even some of your friends still don't understand the issue yeah uh, uh it's just sad you know i think at this point if people don't understand it I don't know what to do with that. Like, mm -hmm. legit. It's all over. Yo, every country are protesting about it. Every single country. Everywhere. You wake up in the morning. You go on Instagram, you see it. You go on Snapchat, see it. Facebook, 
everywhere you go, you see about it. And still, until today, you still don't understand there is white privilege existing. Buddy, come on. Come on. Get it. Just try to go educate yourself. And I told a few of my friends, like, go watch movies. Go read something about it. Don't come here and stay silent and think it's okay. No, it's not. And there is few people, actually, they're staying silent. They're saying, they're just posting, oh, I'm not racist, so I'm not going to talk about it. You are part of the problem. If you don't open your mouth and say something about it, it's not going to get fixed. Mm-hmm. You're part of the problem with it, too. You have to speak up. And few people are saying, oh, we don't know what to say. Well, do something. You may make a mistake What are you saying. People will rectify you, and then you will learn something about what you did. Maybe you did something bad, not speaking the right way. But people will rectify you and say, you know, you should do this, you should, you should do this. And then you're going to be like, oh, okay. At least you open your mouth. Mm-hmm. And I was telling that to few people. When a white person talks, it's more powerful than when a black person talks because mm. people listen more to white person than black person. And my friend answered me like, oh, that doesn't make sense. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go further with you. Just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. People should understand by now. They should. And I shouldn't even be like speaking to someone to be able to understand that because people are seeing what's happening in the world. You will never see some uh, some white guy or white whatever getting killed for no reason. No, no. You will never see that. That, and at least myself, I've never seen that. I've never seen that. You know, when a black person see a cop, we'd be like, "Oh shit!" You start shaking for no reason. That shouldn't happen like that. They should be able to protect us instead of like. As being scared of them, you know, mm. like what happened in the U.S. That's not that's not fair, and that's just now that we're saying that. But imagine when we didn't have cameras, nothing was filmed or anything like that. We weren't seeing any of that. We're seeing that now, and people are just saying that it's now. No, this is being started now. Our ancestors, like back in the day, huh? Like, no, it didn't start now. It started. It's been a while. And people will be protesting, protesting, talking, talking. No one listens. But at this point, it gets like it's too much because now everyone is saying it in the news. Every social media, you say what's going on. We can't be silent anymore. People, I'm telling you, there is people who are ready to die to talk about this and get killed. I'm telling you that right now. I'm 100% sure. Mm-hmm. People don't want like their kids. I, myself, I don't want my kids to live the same thing as me. I want my kids to be able, whenever I have a kid, I want them to be able to go in the road and feel free to go wherever they want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Less than that, why they're going to be in this world and leave the same thing as their dad? That doesn't make sense. No, no, no. You know? We have yeah. to grow a better life, so. Because we were talking about the fact that you would never, like, travel back to Italy because racism there was so bad. Oh, and yeah. that even France. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I travel a lot. And Italy, no. I'm not going there anymore. That's a, that's a huge no. That's a huge no. Uh, some restaurant, they just look at you like uh, weirdly and you don't feel safe when you, whenever you enter the place. So I told myself, no, I won't go. I won't go there anymore. Uh, you go, few airports that I went through, they'd be just looking at you weird. 
weirdly and then ask you stupid questions that don't make any sense just because of your skin color. And they don't say that just because of your skin color, but when you realize the question coming, you're like, yeah, yeah, obviously they just arrest me to ask me this few questions because I'm this and this. Gladly, I'm a Canadian, so my passport is powerful. Just like, hey, what's up, man? You know, but still, it's, uh, it's, it's harsh. And me going to Italy, uh-uh. even the US, I tell myself now, if things don't get fixed, I'm not, I'm not going to I'm not going to the US. Their president is stupid. Yes, I'm going to say Donald Trump is freaking stupid. And if US vote this dude again, come on, what, what are you doing? This dude sent the army and the National Guard to go kill his own citizen because they refused to leave the protest. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. In the States, it, like, it's so prevalent in the States. I went to school in Virginia for a year. So that's how I fell in Toronto, okay? Because Toronto, the only way that I was okay in Toronto is because it's so, like, mixed. So you see Spanish, you see whatever. All races are there, but still, racism apply everywhere you go in Toronto. Everywhere you go, you sit. Because there is still people who don't accept that there is black people in this country. And what I told to these people, look at this way. If black people leave Canada, do you think Canada is going to keep going like the way it's going? No. Trust me, no. This country is made to be like for everyone. There is every culture, every religion, every whatever you want to say there is in Canada. And if you don't accept that and keep insulting people for no reason, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. And that's Toronto. Because I feel in the whole Canada, whatever provinces and all of that, it's Toronto that have a lot of black people. Mm-hmm. But it's also Toronto that you see a lot of racism. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any experiences uh, more than my soccer games that went like crazy. But you see it. You see it. You see like people, even at the bus, man. Mm-hmm. You will sit with someone that is white. You will leave the chair and go sit somewhere else. You'd really? Like, yeah, and you wonder in your head. You'd be like, okay, I'm unthinking. Like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But I, it is what it is, but people have to change this, you know? Mm-hmm. And people have to accept that there is white privilege and that shit. I'm not, I don't have anything against it, okay? But use it the right way. Use it in a way that pe- that will, like, it's going to be useful for everyone, you know? Because if you don't do that, then you're just going to make it worse, 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 and then till one. Until one. And you see people like, oh, we're tired of hearing this, of saying this. Imagine people living it. Mm-hmm. We're tired of living it. No, we're not hearing it. We're living it every single day of our life. Mm-hmm. So you should think about those people that knew like, oh, I'm tired of seeing it on social media. I'm tired of seeing here and there. Let's pick up. Maybe one day it's going to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of social media, there's a lot of talk about how people are using, um, how do I put this? Like people are advertise their business by supporting like the uh black matters like the black movement talk mm-hmm. yeah and then like even people like they're just posting like the black screen 
and but they're really just doing it as like it's just a trend you know yeah it's just a trend yeah so how like what advice would you give people when they're posting on social media about it i think you should post on social media not as a trend but as you mean it if you don't mean it then don't go with it because of trend because i actually first i post that skirt the black skirt and then i remove it from my instagram i remove it why they remove it because was actually blocking all the other posts that was useful to other people mm-hmm. to read and see other stuff, you know? And what was worse, because people were posting it and put Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. you know? The hashtag Black Lives Matter. So whenever you put Black Lives Matter, all was seeing was all black skirt, right? And uh, I, I removed mine and many people, they removed it. Some people still lived it. So I think when it comes to that way, don't do a thing because it's a trend, because you're going to get view, because are gonna, people are going to like it. No, 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 no. Do it because you mend it. If you don't mean anything about it, then please don't. Mm-hmm. Don't post it. Don't. If you're doing it for likes, for anything, don't. Mm-hmm. Don't do it simply. There's yeah, also the aspect like it's really separating and really like emphasizing like the color part of it. Where like I feel like you know the colors like shouldn't be an issue. The issue is that you're not being treated like really to other humans. You know what I yeah. mean? So like we should be focusing on the fact that we all need to be um, instead of like continuously dividing the two. I think the world will be a better place if at least not loving each other. I don't care. Just understanding each other mm. and be able to uh, to listen to another human being speaking without any any fight or anything. You know, just to be able to understand each other, listening each other. The the world will be a better place. But as we're speaking right now, it's bad. It it is bad, you know. Um, Now, did you go to university or college? Is that where you met? Yes, well, I went to college, uh, La Cité, the French college. Uh, I don't know, because La La Cité is most of like, it's a huge mixed school. Like, it's very powerful with black people also. So I don't know if I'll leave any racism there. Um, maybe not that many. If I did, I don't remember. But I went there. I graduated there for computer technical. And then now I'm back for another program. Mm-hmm. High school, we're young. So you see a lot of racism of young people also. So people see insult your race for no reason. You know, because they see it. Basically, they grew up with the racism. Mm-hmm. You know? No, and... No one was born with racism. We have to put it that way. No, 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 no. You get influencers who, who are racist. You see this here, you see this here, and you put on your mind, oh, shit, black people are dangerous. Mm. You weren't born with that. No, 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 no. You see that somewhere or whatever, and then you're like, oh, okay, I hear this, so I'm going to just assume black people are this. Or, oh, you hear this, you hear this. Ah, okay, Muslim people are terrorists. You know, you can do that. You can do that. And I think this is how to go on parents. Parents have to educate their children about this. You know, you can't let your kids do stupid stuff and 
just think whatever they want. No, 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 come on. Educate them about it, you know? Like, say something about it. Don't let your kids say, oh, Muslim people are terrorists. Oh, uh, Jewish people are this. Oh, people, whatever, they're this. No, don't let it, don't let it happen. Because we let it slide, we let it slide once, twice, and then it becomes a huge problem. Look where we are right now. 2020, still fighting about it. When does this just start? You know, long. We're still fighting until today. That's because no one's educating, getting education about it. I think this thing here, we should put it on university, on college, on high school, everywhere. And it should be mandatory to learn about it. It should. Call it something and educate people about it. That way, maybe we're going to learn about it and we're going to use it in a good way without hurting people. Yeah. I, I think, like, one of the issues, too, is, like, so Camille and I were both in social sciences, right? So, like, we talk about this stuff and we learn about that stuff. But the issue is that it's a choice. You know, we had to choose to learn about it. So, like, obviously, like, we're open-minded about it and we want to hear about it learn more about it but like mm -hmm. people who are like like they they're not taught young so they're kind of closed off to it and then they yeah. don't bother wanting to listen or wanting to learn mm -hmm. right yeah 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 that that's uh that's a problem but hopefully everything will change that's only that's the hope you know that's the hope change is not gonna happen tomorrow mm -hmm. not after tomorrow it's gonna take a while. We get that, but at least start the change. Do something. Come on. Talking you know, about. I wanna be able to get arrested by a cop and feel like a white person get arrested like a cop too. Dude, ever, ever see a black person arrested by a cop when you're in a car? You're shaking for no reason. Mm. Because you just care. Mm. You know. And even if you do something wrong, okay, yes, you have to get arrested. When you do something wrong, you have to get arrested. But not get killed. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. Or like, I don't know. Because I feel like there's just so many power on white that people don't get it. You guys probably see the video of the park with the girl, with the dog. Mm -hmm. You just call the cop saying that, oh, a black American person is arresting me. And the police are just going to believe that. Come on. Or Ahmed Aubrey jogging in the street. People were in the backyard. They see him jogging. They went in their car. They take their gun and they go to shoot him. They never met that dude before. Mm -hmm. That's, for me, I'm just like, you guys are kidding me, man. Like, no, no. It's, come on. Stupid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what we want. We want people to be able to at least push it together and be equal, be treated equally. We're all human beings at the end of the day. You're a doctor, you're I don't know what, you're I don't know what, you're the same person as any other person who's not a doctor, he doesn't have a lot of money than you. We're all the freaking same people. Understand that and then we'll be okay. You don't understand that? Okay, we're gonna keep fighting. Um. What about representation in the medias and in like CEOs and companies? What do you mean by that? Well, a lot of people in power right now are mm -hmm. white. 
Yeah. And a lot of people in the medias are also white. There is a restaurant in Ottawa and they had a bunch of people um, like working on their Instagram. And obviously one person posted the um, like black screen, mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter, but then someone else uh, who was just, you know, randomly working on the Instagram wasn't paying attention and went and posted like a promotional thing for the company. Mm. Um, and obviously they got a whole lot of backlash for it. Um, but then someone like the Ministry of Canada, the one who's responsible for the racism sector, um, was asked the question, well, like, what should businesses do right now? Like, what's the right way for them to, um, like, support this movement? And the guy said, honestly, there's not a whole lot they can do, especially, like, white businesses, because, um, because they're already promoting their business. And then when they start, like, supporting the black movement then like there's like that mix between oh well are you only doing it for promotional reasons you know so yeah. um if you could like give advice to businesses like what what do you think they can do even if they're like like owned by white people what can they do to still support the movement without it getting mixed with like promoting their business i think they just have to put their shit together so when you're supporting something, let's say the way you say Black Lives Matter, when you post that, you can go in the back right away and post something else about it. You have to at least give it the time they need it. Okay, maybe that person did a mistake, but that's their job to so actually take, take a look on their Instagram or what's posted before you arrive and post something else. Because you already know there is hate, there is stuff going on that people, okay, they saw the scare, they, they pay attention to it, and then a few seconds later, they see something else. They're going to actually consult you about it mm -hmm. so you have to be careful on what you're doing and those are mistakes that you as i said in the beginning you make mistakes and then you rectify yourself you know so that should be a mistake that they learn about and not do it again yeah yeah the, pro the problem if it's they come tomorrow again and they do it again that time no no oh yeah so i feel like businesses have to just like kind of be open-minded and then releasing more. And I think that's pretty much it because at the end of the day, they're doing their businesses, but mm -hmm. you have to think about others and think about people who are getting hate every day or whatever. You have to think about that. You can just focus on your business when you know there is something huge going on. You have to speak about it, you know? You have to say something. Don't say silence. Don't just be like, oh, well, I'm just here for my business. I'm here to sell this. Just no. What happens if tomorrow no one comes at your business? What are you going to do tomorrow if no one decides to come at your business? No one decides to buy shit by you. What are you going to do? You're going to still be, oh, it's my business. Tu vas aller en faillite, and then after that, you're not going to have money. Mm -hmm. Right? So I think businesses have to just be open-minded. Listen and try to do the right thing. Think about it, about doing something. You know you're a business. If you post something on social media, billion, thousand, I don't know people, how many people are going to see it. Mm -hmm. So you're like an influencer right away because you have so many followers, so many people saying your business. You can do stupid shit like that. You know? 
and that came to something as celebrities. Many celebrities stay quiet in the beginning. They can do that. You can just stay quiet. Mm-hmm. No, come on, open up about it. There is, <clears throat> there is this guy on YouTube. His name is King Bash. This guy started losing follower, started losing deal because he's actually speaking about this Black Lives Matter and shit. And he posts a video. He's like, I don't give a shit. If you don't understand what's going on, then don't be my brand deal. Don't be my father. Like, leave my thing. And I think he's right. Yeah. He's right. You can't just come and hate someone, hate someone because he's speaking about what's going on in the world and he's fighting for his right. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think, too, for the businesses, something that they could do is internal work. So they could do, like, workshops with their workers about, like, ethical um, diversity and um, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And that's good, something as cops. I think cops should be more more than two years in college. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you guys, like... They should be like I don't know, teaching more than just holding a gun and shot a gun, or uh, what you have to do when you arrest a person. No, no, no. They should learn more about diversity, about everything. Yeah. To protect us, so they should know every single thing, not just know. Oh, this is a gun. I have to hold it. Should someone? No. No. Mm-hmm. that's an issue that um we see also in mental health like they don't necessarily know how to handle people in a crisis and um before it was with domestic violence as well mm-hmm. but knowledge is so powerful yeah um if there's one thing that you could say to those white people who don't believe racism is that bad or like aren't open-minded to it. Uh, If there's one thing that you can get across, what would that be? I will tell them, take a seat, breathe, and see what's going on in the world. Hmm. Just close your eyes for a second. Just don't think about anything. Just take, everything out of your mind and see. Think about what's going on in the world. Don't think that you're white. Don't think that you're black. Don't think that you're brown. Don't think about anything. Sit, take a breath, and then see what's going on. I can't, I can't say much more than that because this is just logical what's going on in the world that you have to understand. Yeah. You have to understand. If you don't, come on. Push more to understand. Push. Push because you have to make this world a better place. And if you don't push more to understand, you're going to make the same mistake that we don't want to happen in this world. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to restart again. So please just take a breath. Think about what's going on. Go do meditation. Do that. I don't know. Do something you like and think about what's going on. It's simple as that. Go watch movies. There is few movies on Netflix that are actually very good, which I don't remember the names of it exactly, but I know there is few movies. 
Go on a protest if you can. Go. You're going to feel the power of that. You're going to be like, whoa. You're going to feel it. And people right now, this is something around, oh, coronavirus is here. Okay. We, we. People, you just like open your eyes like, whoa, this is serious, man. This is not a joke. This is not a joke. When you see it, you're like, oh, my God. It's serious. Mm -hmm. It is serious when you see it going on, right? And uh, yes, there is COVID right now. Obviously, we know that. But it doesn't stop you to go to a protest. It doesn't. Mm. Look at the states. Okay, this is the first time in history that each part of the state did a protest. And they're restarting again. It's kept going on. And there is COVID. Yes, we know that. But there is a big issue right now, too, which is racism. Mm -hmm. one equality so come on i was so upset this morning because i was on facebook and some people said oh okay so they can go protest for black lives matter but i can't like have a birthday party i'm like how can you compare that oh my god that's that that's the people now that i don't want to put attention to them legit i just be like okay you know what go over there, do you, just like, come on, man. You can't say that. How are you going to compare a birthday party with the huge issue going on in the Ontario world? You can't, you can't do that, you know? And there is these people, I saw them saying, all lives matter. Yes, we do know that all lives matter. We do. But our lives won't matter until black lives matter. And you have to get it. Because mm -hmm. it's no... Our lives that get up in every morning and think about if they're going to be alive or not. It's not alive when you get arrested by cop. Think about if you're going to die or not. It's not alive that educate their children how to act and not die when you get arrested by a cop. No. You will never see a white person educating his child about, so, when you go out, a cop arrested you. Then... No. And you see a black parents do that. Mm. Be like, you know, when you get arrested, do this, do this, don't force anything, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's not right. So our lives is no matter until black lives matter. We say our lives. Is a black life not a, not a life? No, no, it is a life. We, blood, we have the same blood, all of us. If you cut yourself, it's going to be red, just like mine or anyone else. So stop that. People think that, stop that. You guys are annoying by saying that. Because black lives, yes, they matter. And our lives also matter. But you have to put the one that is in danger to get fixed. And then we're going to come back and we're going to say, our lives matter. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for agreeing to do this and sharing all your thoughts and feelings about it. Um, like... I don't know, I think one of the most powerful things is literally just hearing it from the voices of the people and giving them platforms to speak. Um, so yeah, thank you so, so much for doing that. Well, thanks so much for you guys for having me. It's a pleasure and uh, let's hope for a better world. That's the, that's the goal. So we're hoping for that and hopefully change will start coming soon. Well, it's already actually, we started saying it, but we want a complete change, quality, and hopefully that's going to arrive 